Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Nikki Allen. I found her on the Jeff Mara podcast. She's a psychic medium. She's a tutor. She's an author. She's got her own YouTube channel and podcast. Guys, she's amazing. I found her so interesting on Jeff Mara's podcast. Nikki, welcome to the show. Hello, darling. I'm so pleased to be here. We're like sisters from a different mister, but the same source, obviously, God. But my God, you are just perfect. Hello, darling. Thank you for having me. You are fantastic. My listeners are going to love you because I tell you, if nothing else, just your energy alone, it just makes everybody smile. I'm telling you, I couldn't get enough of just your message, if nothing else. And that's exactly what I do on my podcast. I spread awareness on my podcast. I talk to near-death experiencers. I want people to not be afraid of death. And I want them to know there's so much more beyond this world. I mean, we're just scratching the surface. And even that, we're scratching that surface. It's just crazy. So tell me how you got into this, how it started. I know you used to be a police officer, and I got to talk to you about that. So let's just talk. (laughs) Yes, that was. Do you know what? It's not that I got into it, to be honest with you. It, It got into me. I come from a bloodline of many, many psychics, mediums, and healers before me. Okay. So it's like, you know, I know as far back as about four or five generations, but then it gets a bit misty because all my lot are up in the spirit world already. They're all up there already. I've literally got an aunt and uncle, my brother and sister left, and that is it. Everybody's gone. And so I was seeing glimpses of heaven. I used to have like a recurring dream when I was about four Mm -hmm. of seeing this ebbing light. And I realized later on that it was the entry, it was a portal entrance to heaven, basically. Spirit world, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I used to you know, have prophecies and I used to dream of things that happened the following day and I used to see auras and know what people were, you know, what they was going on with them, even though they didn't say anything. And I thought everybody could do that. I thought it was just natural intuition. And I kind of grew up with like tea leaf readings and tarot cards on the table around my family and that. But the biggest thing that really kicked it off was when I was nine years old and my dad had died in a road accident. It was horrific. He was only 38, and my mum was only 32. She had me, I was nine, my brother, who was five, and my sister was only six months old. And so it just ripped a massive hole into her soul and, you know, the whole of us. Anyway, three days after, I just needed to get out as a child. I just couldn't stand the energy, I suppose. And I went out with my dog and my auntie, and my dad pulled up in the car. (laughs) When I look back on it now, I think, he manifested a car. Oh, my God, that is so cool. (laughs) And he literally pulled up, and I'm standing there staring in the road, and my auntie must have thought, oh, my God, she's, like, losing the plot. (laughs) And um, he went, hey, hey, Nicky, it's okay, I'm okay, don't worry. And he put his thumb up, and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. He was right in front of me. And then he just drove off in his car. So I'm like, I turned to my auntie, I'm like, did you just see daddy then? She's like, no, dear, no, dear. So I've just lost it then because I'm thinking, how dare they lie to me and say Aww. daddy's dead because I've just seen him. Yes, yes. So I run back home. I leave my auntie standing there. She's not. She's got no clue what's going on. <laughs> and I run back with a dog and I just smash into the house and both sides of the family there, you know, my mum's and dad's side, everybody's there. Yes. And I just said to my mum, how dare you? How dare you say daddy's dead? 
And that's when my dad's dad, who was an amazing medium, he worked with the greats like Doris Stokes, and he used to work with Scotland Yards, wow. um, helping to solve cold murders and, and all sorts of things, under the rat, because it wasn't very well received back in those days. Sure. And he said, look, I'm going to have to tell you now, Nick, it started. You will see people that have gone over to the spirit world. You will see angels. Um, you're carrying on the legacy. Now, the legacy was normally seventh sons of seventh sons. Wow. And I broke it for the first kind of main female ambassador because all of us do it. You know, my auntie's an amazing automatic writer and tarot cards oh, thing. Wow. My, my granddad used to just project his soul remotely and he could see what was going on. He was incredible. He was like the Gandalf. He wow. shall not pass. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was doing it before it's like He was the daddy, the Yoda, oh do you know what I mean, of mediumship. But it wasn't so much commercialised then. And he just did it in his own steam, you know. He didn't yeah. do what we do now. Right, right. Going on podcasts and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you know, we can, and, we can um, talk about it now. I mean, you know, especially in the United States, I don't know how it is in, in the UK, but right now it's a little bit more accepted every single day. It's a little bit more accepted. And, uh, you know, my thing is, if you can just think outside that box and critically think and go, you know what, there's so much more to this life. There's so much more to just being in this 3D meat sack that we don't understand. And we're not, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be human, all the things. But it really is comforting to know you can look at Akashic Records. You can, you know, maybe predict a little bit of the future, which I love that you can go to the Akashic Records. You go there all the time. I didn't even know I was going to them. That's the laugh of it. This, this is, you know, this is the thing. I can't believe they chose me. Because one, I sound like a, I'm the most common person from Commonsville, Arizona. Oh. <laughs> I say Arizona because that's one of my previous lives, right, Sedona. But yeah. I'm like, why did you pick me? And it's like, well, I'm not picked. I'm in the bloodline, so I've got to get over it. You know, my brother's a full-time working medium. We're all doing oh, really? it. So, But the thing is, is that I never, ever learn it because I saw it as a busman's holiday. You know, if you're grown into, say, like a family of carpenters, you don't go to carpenter shows or carpenter yeah, exhibits exactly. because you're already doing it. It's already around you. Do you know right. what I mean? And my passion was to become a police officer. Mm. And so, you know, I went through also, my mum ended up marrying a couple of years later, a really abusive person. And so I went through a lot of physical and, you know, all sorts of abuse with him. Oh, yeah. So I kind of closed, closed the spiritual part of it down because oh, wow. all I wanted to do was escape from the house. Sure make sure my brother and sister were safe and then get into the police force. And literally two months after I left school, I was a police cadet. Wow. And then I just naturally progressed to being a police officer. But my biggest passion in the whole wide ever, and this is what I used to do, right? When I used to, <laughs> as a kid, I used to pretend I was a like, detective inspector and I used to get my brother and sister to go and do inquiries for a murder when I was a kid. I used to interview my Cindy dolls. That was hilarious. <laughs> you were doing it when you were a kid. You'd come into my bedroom, right? And I'd be going, no, don't you lie, Cindy. You were there with Ken and Barbie, so don't lie. Oh, my God. That is so <laughs> and so I was obsessed with that. So yeah. then, obviously, you know, it, it, it started coming up again. I'm so embarrassed to say this, but, you know, there was a lot of a drinking culture and partying culture. Sure. You worked hard and played hard in the place. Yeah. And I started getting messages from people and then it just got bigger and bigger. And then I started doing evenings of mediumship and psychic parties mm. and readings in the evening yeah. and then policing during the day. And so when I eventually, well, I got retired from the police service, but I used my psychic ability a lot during that, especially on murder investigations because wow. I became a detective. 
and I was on major investigations and I was seeing like I'd go in I was the first person that going to see the family I was known as a family liaison officer and I'd go in and deal with the murder victim family but the murder victim would be standing there as well (laughs) that was really tough yeah oh I gotta talk to you about that but first of all how did they take that did they take you seriously did only some of them what happened with that no, well, what happened? I couldn't say a thing initially. You can't oh, walk yeah. in as a, a detective professionally and sort of say, oh, by the way, yeah. you know, your son that's just had his head blown off is just standing there. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded really crass. I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to lighten it because it was, it was horrific at the end of the sure. day. But I'd walk, I remember one, and I actually mentioned this recently, I think, on one of my YouTube videos. I literally walked in and this beautiful man, Ronnie, had, had literally been shot in the head. It was a, a hit. Oh. he'd upset someone in the underworld if you like but he was actually shot on his doorstep in front of his wife oh. and his like three-year-old son oh. which I thought was really really not good they oh. could have done it elsewhere but they really wanted to hurt him apparently one of these gang you know the crime one of the crime families thought he'd killed his son and he had him so he oh. was kind of like the scapegoat yeah and I walked in and he was a really handsome, muscular man, Ronnie was. And I walked into the family. Obviously, they'd just been told, you know, well, the other family had just been told he'd been murdered. And I had to walk in and obviously introduce myself because our job was to facilitate information from the inquiry office, but also snoop into the family sure. to see if, you know, they had anything to do with it. And I walked in and he was standing there waving at me. I'm like, oh, my God, no, this can't be happening. And I'm like trying to do my introduction and be this professional detective. And all I could see is him standing there beaming. So he literally got up to the spirit world really quickly, got healing and was down within a day. Wow. There, literally manifested. He was the quickest murder victim I've ever seen because I've seen a few. <laughs> and I'm like, he's going to tell him about the telly. And I'm like, oh, my God, just shut up, please. Please don't do this yeah, to me. And oh, it used no. to happen so many times. Oh, and it, no. But I didn't say a thing. But then I became very close to the family. And after about six months, I thought, I've got to do this because he kept showing me Johnny Bravo. I don't know if you've ever... Oh, yeah. You know the that. Cartoon. Yeah, Johnny Bravo, the character, the, oh, yeah. the comic character. And so I went, oh, I said, Riss, this was his wife. I said, you do know that, um, you know, I do psychic stuff. You've, you've heard that I do that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So I said, look, I said, Ronnie was here the first day. I'm not going to lie. And I said, and he keeps talking about Johnny Bravo and pointing to the telly. She went, oh, my God, oh, my God. I wish you'd said this right earlier on. I'm like, I couldn't, really. Right. And she said his nickname was, was Johnny Bravo what? because he looked like him. Oh and she God. said the TV keeps flicking over to the channel that Johnny Bravo's on. And she kept saying, is that you, Ronnie? I'm like, yeah, it's him, love. And I said, he's standing there right now. And I said, I bet you any money you like, the TV's going to turn itself on. And my God, it did. I'm like, get him now. And so it was really difficult. So that kind of merged in during the police work. But then I got retired. I ended up ripping a load of ribs from my spinal joint, picking a dead body up in a crowd at the beginning of my police service before I was a detective. And unfortunately, I was really fit then, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Menopause didn't hit then. I was doing really good. And um, I literally ended up, luckily, because I was a detective, it wasn't really deemed frontline. And so I managed to kind of hold on to my injury and used to get regular treatment because I was so fit, you know, it kind of really, it fixed really quickly. But I was on a murder inquiry in 2002 and I I slipped up a curbside Mm. and hung on to the car and it pulled all the ribs apart again. Oh, no. Yeah. And so the police said, you know what, 
you can't do this anymore. It, it absolutely broke me, darling. I, I most probably, you know, at the end of the day, as a cop, you have a family. It's yeah. your social life. It's your life. You're with these people, you know, night and day, and they literally are your back. They yes. save your life. And, and to suddenly be cut away from that, it's like I died myself. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and I pretty much I had a breakdown over it. It was horrific. Absolutely. I just was so lost. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and now I'm giving you a spoiler for my book, The Rise and Fall, that's that oh. my best-selling one that's just gone out. Good well, it hasn't just gone out. It went out, like, November last year. Wow. But I'm giving the spoiler. So just let everybody know there's a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I then, after a couple of months, had my house go completely mental. There were lights exploding every time I walked past them, chandeliers swaying. What? My partner, even at the time, could hear the spirit people in my room going, Nikki, Nikki. What? I didn't know who they were. I just literally was like, and I'm going, it's so funny, you can imagine this, right, darling? Go to the light, go to the light. And in the end, he went, will you just F off? Right. And I said, you can't upset them. He said, upset them, I'm not getting any sleep. For God's sake, what is going on? Yeah. And then the baby started. Do you know the newborn baby sound, that real wah sound? Oh, yeah, yeah. That started up. What is going and, um, on? And I'm like, I'm, this is just ridiculous. So <laughs> I kind of followed the baby mm -hmm. to see if, like, where it was crying, and it would just go into the next room, yeah. then the next room, and this kept happening. I made sure nobody had, like, dropped a baby in my area. <laughs> just make sure nobody had a baby. Nobody had a baby. Right. And I thought, my God, I'm just losing my will to live here. What is going on? Yeah. And the doorbell ringing, just it was so much paranormal phenomena going on in my house. It was ridiculous. And I thought, hang on a minute, it's always controlled. I always know when my dad's visiting, I always know when my family's visiting. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And um, my friend then phoned me, said, Look, I'm going to see a medium because friends don't normally ask me for reading because I know them and they would rather go right. and I would rather than go somewhere else or prefer strangers. Sure. So she said, can you come with me? I'm really scared. I'm going to see a medium. I went, yeah, go on then. I'll pop along. Yeah. And we walked up the door and the door opened and the medium didn't even look at my friend. She looked at me and said, the baby will not stop crying until you serve spirit. They... Oh, I said, excuse me? They are insistent. Oh. You know, they won't let you stop. Just like before we started recording, I was giving my mom gave Nikki a little message um, you guys know I can talk to my mom and uh, she gave her a little message I think everybody has the ability I think everybody if they really want to have it they can have it you create your own reality kind of thing but they don't let it up they don't stop until you I could almost tell you that's what you were going to say I was like you are suppressing them and they are not having it yep I will not if you are supposed to be an ambassador and you're and part of your path part of your life plan on this incarnation is yeah. to represent them and you know try and help heal and educate humankind they will not stop it doesn't yeah. matter what happens exactly. I even had a job that was mine basically it sounds a bit naughty but my old sergeant said to me I've got a job where you're going to supervise people in the local state building yeah. and he said he's got your name on it but we've got to go through equal opportunities so just pretend to send in you know an application send your, oh, yeah. your bits in and you're, you've got the job I went okay and then I went away I sent it in went away and I came back he went what happened I said what are you talking about he said, why didn't you put the application in? I said, I did. And it came back oh. from Taiwan. What? The email and the application <laughs> came back from Taiwan about four months later. So anyway, this medium said to me, I want you in my development circle next week. Oh. And then within a month, she had me standing in front of 100 people 
doing a demonstration of mediumship, bringing messages to people, and it just went vroom. Yeah. And TV started calling radio, um, and I literally hit the top of my industry, which brought a lot of jealousy. But what came with it was, and lots of people kept saying this to me, and it's now one of my questions about the Akashic Records, oh, yeah. because I've never studied anything. I literally, everything that I share with people is organic. So yes. it will come up in a meditation, mm-hmm. Or it'll come up in something like, for instance, recently it's been the Schumann. I thought he said the Schumann residence. <laughs> I thought, no, no, what's that about? Just do your, and he says, do your thing. And what he means is do Google when you, after you finish talking. That's my guy, Julianas. Yeah. And it's a Schumann resonance. See, I right. didn't know anything about it. Right. And it's obviously the heartbeat of the universe. So this happened with the occasion records. What happened was, so cut a very long story short, I kept walking along this path and kept falling off this rocky path into the ocean. And eventually I got to the door. My granddad was there, you know, Gandalf. And so was one of my other guides. And he said, yay, well done, you're here. And I'm like, I don't even know where I am. <laughs> and I walk into this big hall, haven't got a clue. Yeah. And this is interesting. Again, there's another spoiler for my book. And um, there's all these golden plaques Ooh. to the right-hand side of me. And they've all got names on them. Yeah. And I saw Harold Truman. Don't shoot me. Don't <laughs> shoot me. I didn't know who that was, right? And I'm like, I've, I'm just going to Google that later. So I thought, remember Harold Truman, Harold Truman, Harold Truman. Yeah. Right, so then I go past this huge bronze, massive, colossal statue. Yeah. And someone says to me, discarnate voices, the Adam and the Eve. Ooh. And apparently the Adam and the Eve were the first physical human beings to have a soul put into them so they could connect with the divine. They weren't oh. the first humans, apparently. And this is what I've been told. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, okay, roger that. So I walk through roger and then there's that. these big doors and I walk in and then someone says, this is Metron. And I'm like, that's not right. That sounds like a Transformer from a film. Yeah. <laughs> Metatron. I'm like, never heard of it. It's made up name. And he had all these like purple like cloaks on. He was a very humble man with his half moon glass. He looks a bit like Santa, yeah. right? So I've walked in and thinking, what? he's all this about where am I going and he had this huge book this huge leather book and it had all gold around the corners of it and he opened it and it went boom and the whole place shook and it was all like and there was all this gold weird scribbly stuff on it and he said um welcome Nicola they always call me Nicola I hate it my granddad calls me Nicola only my doctor can call me Nicola that's (laughs) it right (laughs) welcome Nicola I'm like thank you and I think you don't call me Nicola Metatron or whoever you are transformer boy (laughs) and then I'm not gonna lie to you darling I walked in and I thought oh my goodness I'm I'm actually this is true I'm selling my soul he's wanting me to write do you know when you see all these movies and everything when they sign their soul away to the devil I'm like oh my god this is what it's all about so I'm standing there and he's looking at me goes you can sign this book I went no you're all right We're good. We're good. We're good. No, you're right. That's all right. And he said, Trust me, you will want to have access to this. And then this word Akashic came up in my head, and I thought, Never heard of that either. Yeah. So I'm like, Okay. So in the end, I thought, Oh, in for a penny, in for a pound, I'll have a little go. And it's like this um, fluid gold that comes out of this quill pen, mm. like Dumbledore's pen. I'm so sad, and I love Harry Potter. <laughs> so. <laughs> In fact, it was like Dumbledore's office. 
Really? Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. So anyway, so I literally sign it, but it's this really weird symbolic, it's not proper writing. And I'm like, what is going on here? So anyway, sign it. He shuts the book and he says, congratulations, you've now got access to the Acacia Records. I'm like, I've got no clue what you're talking about. I still think your name's made up. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> so, so he stands up and I can feel his energy, like, you can get out now, mate. So I'm like, okay, thank you oh, very God. much for that. I'm just yeah. sign the away. <laughs> so I walk back out and my granddad takes my hand he goes I'm so proud of you I did this and he goes and now you've done it as my granddaughter so come with me and he took me to the celestial gardens and this is my next book that's going to come out what happens when we die subject to change of the title and it's all about my maps of heaven and everything I've experienced when I go up there because I can go up there at a flick of a switch and um so I went up so he took me to this most beautiful translucent waterfall fountain thing and it was like four lion heads on the top which represent the seraphim I've now found out the seraphim which is the oldest order of the angels used to sing to me after I got abused and I didn't even know till later on who they were and then yeah incredible and so the water then went into kind of like a lotus flower and then it poured into the bottom and then I met these seraphim and they were all like Grecian women they look like Grecian goddesses they don't look like normal angels they're all like blonde and seven foot tall and azure blue eyes they're (laughs) like looking very Greeky you know I'm like what's going on here am I like on some trip here so (laughs) so I've gone up there and he said come with me and he said and we sat at the wall and these seraphim I can't even tell I've just literally had a channeled this music that I had composed called flight of the angels which I've just put out which is like a meditation music, nice. and it's the closest I can get to their mm. choir. So this happens, so I can hear them doing this mm, kind of humming, yeah. singing thing. I'm thinking, don't know what that's all about either. So then he says to me, you can dip into this pool and swirl it, and he said, and ask about any soul that you need to do. Oh, my God. He said, but use it. Yeah, I know. He said, but use it wisely. I've only used it a couple of times, to be fair. Really? So I feel like I'm abusing it for some reason. And wow. so I thought, oh, I'll do my best friend. I'll do my best friend. So I thought, wow. I, you know, perhaps I can get her a nice message, see what's going on. And then I saw this big black line cut between the two of us. Oh. And I saw her with her family and I was no longer connected with her. I thought, that's ridiculous because she's like my soul sister. That's never going to happen. So I was really concerned about that. And I thought, oh, your human ego can still creep in to the essence of who you are as an eternal soul and say, "Mm, perhaps that's not right, you know. And so that's not right. I don't know what that's all about. And he said, just remember Nicola. I called me Nicola again. Don't like it. That's why I call him Gandalf now. And he said, you can go, you know, just use it wisely, don't abuse it. I said, okay, thank you. So anyway, cut a long story short, we wandered around the Celestial Gardens for a bit. And then I came down, oh, I was on that Google button. I was on it like a person possessed. And the first thing I did was do Google Akashic. Right. And it come up with this book, and I'm like, no, I can't be right, so I can't be bothered with that. Um, and then I Googled Seraphim. I thought, oh, my God, yeah. they're, the, they're the ones. They, they literally work on the frequency of song. Oh. And so that's, and then I remember this song, and then when I did a workshop, someone else mentioned them, and I realised they sang to me after my bouts of abuse in my teenage years. Oh. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then I had a message when I went up there, when I went up there to have some healing myself, and they said, we sang to you when you were a child. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh. It was honestly the revelations I've had. But yeah. the thing is, is that some people could say, oh yeah, it's your imagination, but it's always backed up. Exactly. So it's always backed up with synchronicity or a sign. So about six months later, I'm writing my book, 
and this is the one that's going to go out next because the other two ended up jumping in ahead of it. Okay. I'm writing my book and then <laughs> my friend is a spiritual philosopher, yeah. but he is the sort of person, he's not, I think he's a medium, but he won't have it, but he he would rather like read it and study it and do the more scientific approach, if that right. makes sense, the oh, more, sure. you know, clerical approach. So I'm like, okay, can I just run this by you, Ian? He goes, yeah, go on. I said, um, do you know the Acacia Records? He went, what do you mean? Do I know the Acacia Records? Of course I do. Oh. And so I'm like, oh, oh, well, okay. So I said, oh, I said, um, so if I told you about the, the place, I think I called it the Halls of Learning, he went, what? And he goes, have you been there? And I said, yeah, what's that? What's the gold scrolly thing? That Oh, my God, you signed in Aramaic. I can't oh. believe it. You signed in Aramaic. You signed it. And he got all excited. He goes, oh, and, and what else? I said, well, there was a golden plaque. And he went, oh. I goes, and he goes, you've seen all of the acoustic record holders. And he said, did you get any names? I went, Harold Truman, but I've never heard of it. He went, Nikki, that was a president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> oh, right. my God, I didn't even know. Well, just like you said, though, Nikki, you you don't read this stuff. You didn't know this was a thing. Like you had you you didn't do any research on this. this is all organic stuff. And you're like, do you know about this place? Is this place real? And he's like, uh, yeah, duh. And then you and then he's like, do you realize where you were? I know. Oh it's so embarrassing God. because I don't read anything. I don't watch anything. I don't study anything because I don't want anything to mar yeah. the purity of what they channel to me. Exactly. And so when I was getting all excited about the Schumann resonance, you know, this heartbeat of the planet yeah. and the frequency is going to help heal people and all the rest of it. I didn't know about that. I felt really excited when I came out. I went, oh, my, I'm going to smash this. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody about the Schumann resonance. And then everyone's going, yeah, we know about that. I'm like, oh. I've been seeing that a lot on TikTok, the Schumann resonance. I've been seeing that a lot. And it went really crazy last month with those cool patterns it made. Did you see that? Yeah. Well, no, because I only knew about it about two weeks ago. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. I know. I didn't know. This is the whole point. They keep me completely, you know, isolated from anything like that. And I just literally get it from source. And the only way, it's the same as how I got my first guide, right, Julianus. Yeah who's my soul guide, I met him, I was in the garden, it was a really warm day, which is a miracle for the UK, yeah. and it was really hot, and I was laying, I thought, oh, it's lovely, and I just thought, oh, I just have a little kind of nap, but then I thought, oh, no, I feel a bit meditationally, I think I'll have a little meditation, and then I find myself, within a second, freezing cold in this cave, oh, wow. and I can hear the water dropping in the cave, right, and I'm like, Where, what am I doing here, <laughs> and then this big rock pulls across and then there's this monk there in this really scraggly old monk and I recognize him he used to be sitting in the hut that I used to go and visit my nan and my mum and my daddy wow. and it's like my meeting place years ago years and years ago yeah and I used to ignore him and now I feel really awful because I ignored that horrible little scraggly man in the corner <laughs> I go, what are you doing here? Get out. Wow. You look like a little vagrant. Yeah. And uh, he said, I'm San Franciscan. And I went, what, is that your name? He goes, no, I'm San Franciscan. I'm like, okay. He goes, come with me. Oh, wow. So I walked out and it was red hot, beautiful. And I was on this vista where there was loads of cypress trees. And I said, where am I? And he said, you're in Trastevere, Rome. And I wow. said, what, what, what era is it? And he says, 1452. We then ended up in this place called St. Cecilia's, which was a church with yeah. these four pillars out the front. And he took me in there and goes, this is where we resided at this time, Mary. You are welcome into the house of Mary Magdalena. Oh, my God. 
Oh my, yeah, exactly. I was a nun. Can you believe that? Oh it's just my, a nun. But you know what? Here's the deal. It's all happening at the same time. So it makes sense that you could just like step right into something else and go, oh, this is what I was. This is where I was, you know, and because you have that ability. Do you do that for like when you talk to clients? Do you, can you go to the, if they ask, can you go just straight to the Akashic Records for them? Or is that something kind of sacred? No, I think I could, but I feel it is sacred. I've used it once before to find out where the soul of my uncle was. Oh, yeah. And I've done it for, I wanted to find out what was happening with the planet. I've done it then to have a look at the, the future of the planet, which isn't great. Um, it's not. And, you know, things like that on a big reason. To be honest with you, because obviously I haven't even gone into my road accident yet, but I ended up, my God, my body just doesn't want to be here, this this incarnation. It's got the right hump, I'm telling you, because I ended up having a road accident. I was at the top of my industry. Everything was just amazing. I was about to tour America and Australia I'd just been given, I'd been offered a deal to do, uh, it was Discovery Channel, and they were going to pay for me, a priest, a sceptic, and a parapsychologist to go around and investigate the biggest, like, you know, urban legends or paranormal phenomena around the world, and then come to conclusions from the four of us. Wow. Right? And it was just all sitting there. they They were waiting for me to do a book. Everybody loved Nikki Allen. Nikki Allen was... I say that because she's separate from me now because I'm a different Nikki Allen. People will be thinking she's schizophrenic. It's not, <laughs> I would explain. Yes. But, you know, I was like, wow, this is just huge. I was touring everywhere and doing readings and the rest of it. Had the road accident and that led to me being in bed for five years. Oh um, left with a really horrific spectrum end of ME, which is chronic fatigue syndrome and yes. fibromyalgia. Um, and the prognosis was, because I had it so severely following the road accident, they said I'd never walk again, get out of bed, never do anything. That was the the diary I wrote during that time where I was suicidal because I thought, I can't stay in bed forever. Yeah. And I wanted to go back home to the spirit world, but then I suddenly didn't believe in it and I just didn't know what to do. I was in the darkest abyss of my life. Right, right. And that's that was my first book, Emmy, Myself and I, Diary of a Psychic. And that takes me through the journey of what happened, which even when I read now and then, you know, if I kind of have a bit of a down day or a down week and this condition does, does get you there sometimes, I have a little dip in there. And the miracles, oh my... Mm. I just literally, I just existed day to day, incontinent, laying in bed with carers, watching the television and doing absolutely nothing, literally year after year. And I literally had, how many times I could say literally, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) And then the first thing that happened was, and this is the beauty of it though, because the dogs reacted to it. Mia and Teddy reacted to all the phenomena that took place. So this dark shadow started to come across the house. Oh, wow. And it and I was homeless for eight months. I lost my house. I lost my holiday home. Oh. I was homeless for eight months, um, living on people's couches with two dustbin bags and my dogs. Oh, I, I lost everything. Oh. My partner at the time stole £65,000, which oh, must be about $100,000. Yeah. And I literally, because he didn't want to be with someone in a wheelchair, it was just horrific. I lost friends, my life, my career. Nobody wanted me anymore because obviously I couldn't do anything. And I just didn't have a penny to my name. And amazingly, this is another story and a spoiler for that book, but I ended up renting a place and it was in a cemetery. Oh, yeah. See, I would love that. See, that would be my jam. 
I would love that. No, yeah. but there were no spirit people there. There were no spirit people there. It was the most quietest place I've ever been. <laughs> right, and I'm not going to lie. The, fir- the first two weeks, I had every bloody light on. I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be like all sorts of things walking through here. Nothing. And uh, literally after a couple of weeks, I was laying in bed, as usual, and this big dark shadow, and I thought it was a plane going over or a really dark cloud yeah. going over the whole of the house. And the dogs started going mental. They were barking at the bottom of the bed and looking at this dark shadow. And then Juliana's voice said, this is your sanctuary, Nicola. The seraphim are here. You'll be protected. No harm will come. This is your time to heal. And the seraphim were there. And that that sound came again. I'm like, oh, my good God, they're here. I couldn't believe it. And And I lost my faith. I didn't believe in the spirit world. I believed that all of the thousands of messages I'd given on the stage, on television, on radio, in person, were all just made up. I literally convinced myself. I, I felt forsaken and I hated well, the yeah. spirit world. So I was not the preaching to the converted. I hated them with vengeance. I just wanted to die, basically. Oh. I'm to be really honest. Yeah. And I was living in excruciating pain. I never knew what I was going to wake up with next. There's over 200 symptoms. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's nice to surf from here. That's great. Yeah, lovely. Off you, off you trot. And it was like that to begin with. Yeah. And I kept getting angel visitations. Then my nan turned up at one stage and told me to go on a certain drug that I went on. That got me out of bed and out of my wheelchair. Oh, wow. yeah. And literally, the spirit world, spirit guides, my spirit family and archangels dragged me kicking and screaming back into reality again. and during it was the worst spirit boot camp of my life because they eradicated all my demons from my past they they took me through all of my old partners that were all unhealthy they took me through all of my own self-hate that I had that I picked up from you know residual energy from my abuse they just got rid of the whole lot And my dad had even visited me before it all happened and said to me, you're going to go for the worst time in life. I went, oh, thank you very much. And he said, you are. And he said, but hang on in there because by 2019, your life will change and you'll be working in a completely different way, completely different way. And he's right because I've come out the other side. I've never, ever been in such a peaceful, balanced, self-love state. Um, I now work completely different because I can't, I can't do one-to-one readings for clients anymore because it kills my energy. So I have to do group evenings of mediumship via Zoom so that I can plan and pace rest before and rest after. But if I do one-to-one readings with people, it absolutely collapses me. I'll be in bed for a week. So they stop me. I know. So they stop me from doing that. And so they they kind of cut my energy down so that I can't engage people unless it's real like it's an emergency or it's really important. Right. And so they were like, "You will write." And then they started saying, turning the television on. And then I had a bird of prey in my bedroom, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And that you will now go on YouTube. You will now do this. And I'm like, "Oh come on! I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing." TikTok, YouTube, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Otherwise, we'll keep turning the television on every night. Right. <laughs> my partner now, God bless him, I found, you know, my soulmate, um, which I never thought I would because I because I was just a state of expectancy that I didn't expect too much of someone. Right. So anybody listening to this, yeah. 
you know, you wonder why you get bad partners. It's because you don't love yourself enough to get the right one. Yeah, no, and I now I have. Yeah. And I remember when the TV was going on in the lounge, it goes, oh, it's obviously um, an eternal alarm fault. I went, are you joking? You live here. You do know, don't you? Because you <laughs> see spooky stuff all the time. And then as I said that, the TV in the bedroom turned itself on and went, right, yep, yeah, okay. Whatever they're telling you, Nick, do it. Because I don't want the TV. <laughs> that was to force me on TikTok. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you, girl, take a drink of water. I... Uh, no, it's it's amazing. And, you know, it's kind of like we're trying to cram everything in because we're so excited to talk about our experiences. And I get what what you're saying about, you know, you know, there's a lot of people that don't believe. My husband thinks this is a bunch of garbly goop and everybody knows it on my podcast, but he supports me and he loves me and he's proud of me. And he, he's so happy that I'm happy doing this, right? Uh, but he just doesn't believe in it. But he grounds me because you can be airy-fairy in this a lot. Like you can just totally lose yourself in things like this. But, but he keeps me grounded. But then I can see where because he keeps me grounded, I'm able to maybe uh, work on some abilities that I may d- didn't know I had, or maybe just worked on and, and kind of gained them because I worked on it kind of thing, you know, so yeah. you can do those kinds of things. And I love that you can go to the Akashic Records um, and talk to, you know, and just maybe look at someone's soul. I know you have to be careful with those kinds of things, because to me, it's like the most holy place. But I got to tell you something. Yeah. I wrote a whole book series called Graveyard Watchmen. And, uh, yeah. And it's about the seraphim. I know. Yeah, I know. And guess what? It skipped generations. Every seventh generation male. Oh my. That's, I know. I, darling. Wow. And it it was a bestseller on Amazon and I, and I loved that whole series. And she found out she was the seventh and it was a woman who broke the curse, just like you broke the curse. And I kept, I know I didn't want to, I didn't, I couldn't interrupt you because I was like, Oh my God, I got to tell Nikki. So that whole series is about that. You know, she's half Seraphim. So she's kind of immortal and her brother, and she didn't know this until her aunt finally told her. And she's just like, why the hell didn't you tell me? You know, so she's kind of pissed off. And then all of a sudden she sees, she's at the graveyard because She's grieving her brother who died as a fireman, but he's really not dead because the graveyard watchman's there kind of giving her a nudge. He's her watchman, right? He's like one of the warrior. Yes. And so she finally follows him and he becomes the love of her life. And it's just so, it's romantic. It's chivalrous. So it's like my one. It's like my one coming out because what happened was what I did do when I was laying in bed year after year, obviously the diary of the psychic came out and people kept saying, I'll get it published. And I say, no, nobody wants to be interested in this. And then I got a deal within a week. I couldn't believe it. So that was meant to be. But then I decided to self-publish the next one, which was Rise and Fall of Britain's Best Psychic Media, which is just pretty much covers what just happened then. But then back in 2014, I had the most incredible dream because I had thought the night before I might dip into the Kate records to see because I honestly I, I really did want to go home because I thought I'm not going to lay in bed for the rest of my life it's right. not going to happen yeah. and so I then had this dream that I, I got woken up at eight o'clock at my friend's house who I was staying at, at the time and thought I might as well get up and have a coffee with her before she goes to work and then this voice went go back to sleep and then I woke up at midday right wow. when this dream finished so it wasn't a dream it was psychic channeling yes. and it was basically about 
the fact that the Earth is at the end of its its patience. Archangel Ariel and Gaia have just gone, do you know what, we're going to kick off now because you don't care about the planet. You've abused it, you've damaged it. We're going to kick off now and give you tsunamis, earthquakes, blah, blah, blah. The fat cats, obviously, being exposed and getting greedier. And so I literally was obsessed and whenever I could see and write and understand which was quite rare Mm -hmm. but as soon as I could I wrote this book and it took three months right about this dream or this challenge I had and then I lost my confidence I thought no one's going to want this it's just just rubbish and I left it on my computer right for nine years and then over the years I started doing book two three quarters way through book two over the years it predicted the arena bombing in Manchester that we had here with Irana Grande, whatever her name is, um, COVID, which is it's, it's fictional, but it actually, yeah. so basically the fiction book that I thought I was writing is a book of prophecy. Oh my so, gosh. I know. And it's very much like yours, hybrid angels, right? And, yeah, and humans. Yeah. And my editor who did my last book, I said, what do you think of this? And he goes, well, send us a couple of chapters. He went, oh my, he goes, I hate you. So I said, well, he goes, how can you be a fiction author as well as a non-fiction author and write like that? Right. He said, how can you do it? And yeah. I said, what? And he goes, this is absolutely incredible. He goes, why have you left this on your computer? Get it out there. And I said, well, I was going to change it to non-fiction. He went, no, 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 no. He goes, the character's and the love story in it, yes. like you're saying with yours, he goes, it's too delicious. He goes, you can't. Yeah, You've got yeah. to get it out there. It's called Earthwalkers, Children of the Light. You, and it literally have... is about the state of our planet and humankind, wow. but it's in fiction form. And I, I'm so proud of it. And it's, that's going to come out as well, oh unexpectedly. God. Well, good for you, because one thing about the Earth, and, and Nikki, maybe you, can, maybe you can see what you think about this or pull something out of this. What I think about Gaia and, and the Earth, no, it, it's not great. We are being so abusive. However, yeah. I do think if we all as many as we can collectively try to start healing this planet vibrationally with recycling, physically, whatever, lowering your footprint, the whole thing. I do think that that it's not too far gone. I do think that Gaia, she's just pissed right now. She's just mad, you know? Um, And as far as the book, my, my series, I had no idea. I was, I think probably channeling some of it because they go to a council. I had no idea there was a council up there. I didn't know there was a big council that you took. I've done the council as well. Okay, I I've did... written about the council. Yes, and and he went to the council, and he's like, "This will be the holiest place you ever go." You know, even though they're both angels, and they walk in, and she's like, "Are they going to punish you?" Because they had a battle, and a couple of the angels died, and he was the main warrior, and he was like, "These were my men," and he felt horrible, but he still has to go talk to the council, and they say, "How did you learn? What would you have done differently?" And you know, all the things, and she's like, "Are they going to punish you?" And he goes, "They don't. They don't punish you. They don't judge you." And absolutely yeah. like terribly chamber does. Yes. But that's what I wrote in my book, right? Then I found out that's exactly how it works. And I'm like, what? So <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. So, it's just incredible because what what you're most probably written is channeled from them. That's a hundred percent. And and this is brilliant, right? Yeah. So I'm writing, I, I go back and I think, my God, where did I get that language and those analogies from? Yes. That that's not me. I I didn't, you know. So then I thought I'm gonna channel, I'm gonna do a channeling. So I felt well enough. So I went to my friends and I said, Right, I'm gonna channel Julianus, because I used to do a lot of channeling with him, physical yeah. work with him. So I said, Right, and ask him about the book because I don't feel I'm writing it. 
it's just I'm just literally writing what someone's telling me to that's what it feels like this is incredible right so I then channel and he says Elizabeth Bowen is helping her tell her Elizabeth Bowen is helping her to come out of it and they said oh she's called Elizabeth Bowen has never heard of her right? right so I google her and she was a paranormal Victorian writer oh my god right so then, hang on a minute, get this, get this. So where I live in Devon, which is the south of England, I live right on the coast. I cosmic, They taught me how to cosmic order during my five years. So I now literally am a two-minute walk to the beach, nice. right? That's where I live. Yeah. And on the grounds, just further south of where I live, are the grounds of Agatha Christie. Oh! Right? You know the mystery yes. murder writer, Hercule yes. Poirot and yes. all that kind of stuff. Murder on the Orient Express. Yes. The writer, she lived here, and so the ground. She's got huge grounds, and I love wandering around them. It's absolutely wow. stunning. An original house, right? Yeah. So the first time I felt well enough to go there because I used to be pushed around in a wheelchair, and I thought, no, no, no I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I said, right, I'm going to go to the house. If you can get me to the house, and I can walk around the house, right? Yeah. So I walked around the house, and as I walked into her bedroom, there was a book slightly pushed out in the bookcase. And guess whose book it was? Elizabeth Bowen. Oh. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my. And so I went through a stage of loving everything Victorian. And now, unfortunately, I've gone to, like, to coastal thing now. So all the Victorian stuff. I was obsessed with shabby chic Victorian antiques around me. It was weird. While I was working on that book, because Elizabeth Bowen obviously was Victorian. It's incredibly mind-blowing. The synchronicities synchronicities alone just blow my mind. But let me ask you something. Would you go to the other side? Are you astral traveling? And then tell me what it feels like over there. Do you feel that all-encompassing love of God and all the things? Absolutely. Okay. I, the thing is, is that it's it's hard for me to describe because it's like someone asking me what it's like to breathe. Oh, because yeah. I've been like it since I was a child. So what what it's like is the first thing. I think this is what people don't like. That's why I try to make it. My guides and angels have always said to me, try and make it as human as possible, so you don't scare people. Right. Because you know some people can't go into the vision of being a frequency or a sound or a light or a, um, a colour source. They want to just still be human. Right. So how it is, is the best way to describe it is 24-7 dreaming. Do you know those lucid dreams you have when you can go anywhere and suddenly if you think of something, you end up somewhere else yeah, yeah. and you feel light and, and loved and you can do whatever you want. That's what it's like, but okay. it's, a, it's a thousandfold. And wow. I, I remember that one of the first times I went up um, when I was first in, that was the other thing I went to the Crystal Palace and I come back down I went oh yeah I've been to it was Ian again I went oh it's this place like Crystal Palace I went yeah and he goes oh my god you've been to the Crystal Palace so Crystal Palace is basically it's the home of the source of the universe God omnipresence if you want and the angels it's the source of everything wow. that emanates different frequencies of um, intelligence right that's the easiest wow. way to say it yes. but because they need to create a human mind map so we can understand it they create visions Mm. so the crystal palace most people have heard of it the crystal palace looks a bit like the walt disney castle it's just glinting with white crystal but when you walk through the main doors and normally there's an angel there that will bring you in they take you to different layers now the most interesting thing about this is is that when i've taken students like over the last 30 years up there 
And they go, oh, I turn right, and I think, I oh, know where that is. That's a cherubim chamber. And they go, and there was these cherubims. I'm like, get in. Wow. And then, I'd, oh, I went forward. I went, just going to go to Celestial Garden. And so I ended up doing it to prove to the students I knew where they were. So I'd say, where did you go? And then I'd write down wow. where they went, and then I'd hide it. And I said, where did you go? And then so I went to Celestial Gardens, and I'll put it up for the rest of the students to see. Oh, my God. That's how powerful it was. Wow. And um and so I got onto this plateau, which I do guided meditations now. I've got one called Visiting Your Loved Ones in Heaven. And I, I've produced guided meditations to help people get there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so I get on this plateau, walk to the palace, and suddenly all these balls of light are hitting me. I'm like, oh, God, I've not experienced that before. Yeah. Normally everything's in human form. And they said, no, this is also another way that you connect with someone. So I said, what are they? And they said, they are the souls. Oh. So what they like are a floating ball of light. That When you hit them, it's like downloading in their website oh wow so you so you can connect and see their information their how many lifetimes they've had you know what soul cluster they're in what what they do up there what their jobs are like you're saying your mum is a greeter that is oh my she must have been one of the well she is most fantastic energy of light and vibrancy and strength and being really stubborn as well at the same time because (laughs) greeters um are energies that say look i've been through this i want to say i get it come on come with me and and so it's like young children i've got one i've met one that took himself over and he meets people that have taken themselves over i've got a six-year-old boy that that helps boys when they go up because they're like oh my god that was really bad don't worry i've been there you know so i've had him come through a nurse that's up there and she just likes to carry on doing that you can create whatever reality you want up there and if you've got the the high enough vibrational energy to be a greeter then you will it's like being a guardian angel for people that are going up with the same you know traumatic passings or the same illnesses if you like and so you can you can create whatever you want sorry i keep interrupting you what are you going to say darling no i was just saying like when i was asking mom i was like well can you do whatever you want up there she goes and she and my stepfather um they used to love sailing in lakes and sailing around the gulf of mexico like around texas and stuff what what did i was just about to say for instance and you should understand this right i swear i was just about to say this one of the first because it's not about me creating a utopia making it all happy fairy tale for everybody it's a reality so i remember when i was doing an evening in london and there was this bloke just on his yacht sailing and this is what i was going to say to you and his wife is in the audience. I said, he's just on his sailboat. She goes, well, that's great, that is. And I said, what? She goes, well, that's all he did down here. He loved his sailboat more than me. <laughs> and so he creates that reality. Yeah. So my passion is scuba diving. Yes. So I'll be scuba diving, yes. you know, or yes. meeting with the elementals, going with the mermaids and dolphins and stuff. That's what I'll be doing. Well, that's what she said. She says, we, we sail. And like, well, mom, if you're sailing and you're doing all this stuff, how do you talk to me? Because, you know, I don't know how it works. She goes, honey, I can be anywhere at all times anywhere and I'm like so well that's kind of like what God does she goes we are God honey we are all part of the collective of God he is the creator we are still part of him we are all him and I'm like so does it work like this like there's one higher self and then there's fragments of us down here like living our lives all simultaneously and she goes that's exactly how it works yeah absolutely right And incredibly, I can't remember if it's this week's or next week's podcast, because I've had to pre-record them because I'm going away on Tuesday to one of my previous lives in Egypt. (laughs) But I talk about this and it's exactly right. And this is what I'm trying to impress. When my dad said to me, you're going to be working on a different level, it's not so much now proving the afterlife. I've done 30 years of readings, Right. right? It's now about 
telling and helping and educating people that they can do it themselves. Yes. If they link up through meditation and start doing mindfulness classes, going to spiritual classes, they can all do it themselves. Exactly. I'm proof you know? of that. I'm proof of that because I never thought, I mean, come on. I'm like, seriously, I'm really going to try this. Seriously, I'm losing my mind. But then when I was like, and now I can just say, hi, mom. And I hear, hi, sweetheart, anytime I want. Not just because I have to meditate and I have to ground myself and protect. None of that. I just start talking to her. Because to me, she's gained a superpower. She's just the incredible invisible woman. She's just not here in form, like in 3D, you know? Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. And when you hit that energy up there, but we will see our mom, our dad. We will recognize them straight away because they'll create a human form we recognize. But other different souls are just balls of light that we don't recognize because they're strangers, if you like. So if we're wandering around the celestial garden, or what they call it the reality layer which is the heaven part where all the souls go you know you can just waft into the energy and then you have a complete download of that person it's all completely open and truthful and you know transparent and then you say oh I like doing that do you want to create that reality with me yeah come on then let's go down the beach and and I just see people you know and I what I love as well is is that over the years when I you know I've done readings and I say oh your your granddad's gone up with your nanny Rose and they're sitting on the bench there's a hyacinth there they've got all this lovely beautiful blue bell wood and they went oh my god that was their garden they lived like in a woodland and they owned a load of woodland and I said well they've just created that reality again up there you know and it's just time and time again of proof that you can create whatever you want and the problem is with the ego systems now on the earth plane whether it's peerage society or religion tells people no that's not going to happen you're just going to die and that's it and the problem with that is is they then cut this esoteric cord that they've got linked to the source all of us have we're all spirit having a human experience they cut that and then they just end up in complete crisis yeah and that's what i'm trying to educate people if you open it back up plug yourself back in you can have the beauty of what all of all spiritual and light workers have the ability to walk half in the spirit world and half on the earth plane your mum sounds lovely my mum right she used to do hairdressing right so I've I've got a hairdressing scissors and every time I get them out I use them to like say cut a label off she goes don't you use my hairdressing scissors for that and And you know her other pet hate was peeling potatoes with with a knife instead of a peeler because I used to cut chunks out of it. Do you go, my God, you can make big fries out of those. What are you doing? Stop peeling your... And so she moans at me about that. She just bloody moans at me when she comes down. I I don't get any, like, spiritual stuff. I know. It's like, come on, Mom, give me more. Well, it was funny because, you know, um, I do listen... I had listened to a couple of your podcasts and I knew you worked with angels. And then, I'm not even kidding you, a huge white feather just appeared in my backyard. Huge white feather. I don't know if that means anything for you, but all of a sudden, I mean, we're talking like a crane, like a big crane, white feather. And I'm like, hmm. And I was talking to my friend, Christina, the medium, Christina Kern. She's one of my resident mediums. She comes on and we talk about just all kinds of crap in here. Time, you know, timelines, all the things. And I was like, I wonder what that means. And, you know, she was like, you do get signs just because you can communicate. They still send you signs. And I'm like, but I don't need signs. She goes, you always need signs. She goes, didn't you say that medium, she works with angels? And I was like, yeah. She goes, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've got an intrinsic connection. You must come on as a guest on my podcast. I show, but I'll to. tell you now. And I've got that, Zoom on my phone, by the what way. What they're asking <laughs> is for you now 
start aspiring to angel frequency. Oh, okay. Because it's not, you're getting numerology as well. You're getting like synchronicity with numbers and times and the feathers coming in. That's an encouragement for you to now open up your energy just a bit more to angel frequency. And you can do it as simple as that. You're natural. So you now just say, I'm ready for it. So either um gabriel's always the one for messenger or to help you to start opening your energy but you are so fiery that's why you're connected to the seraphim that's why you know about the seraphim because you're just full of fire and light (laughs) but also archangel michael is your go-to without a doubt oh okay because like i said i wrote about him i mean but when i start talking about somebody said hey write a book on angels and demons they're real popular right now and i'm like okay you know because i don't know and so i started looking up angels and i'm like i don't want cherubs they look kind of weird i don't want to you know i'm nothing against cherubs it's just i want something warrior like so i looked up angel types and found seraphim and i'm like well those look cool let's do those that's literally how i got into it this is what i mean i didn't know right so i go up there this this is going to interest you massively right because i didn't believe in the bible now i'm not being disrespectful to any religions here when i say this right but i just felt like it was written perhaps by someone that told information just like jesus was a a, an ascended master right? Right, right so i then go up once to the seraphim Right. And I'm like waiting for the Grecian long-robed gorgeous girls singing their song, <laughs> right? And then suddenly their heads turned into four lion faces and they look like the most creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, what's going on there? What's going on there? And yeah. Archangel Michael, who I always recognise, because all I see is his feet and really royal blue robes, okay? And he kind of works as the, the boss, if you like, of the seraphim and some of the other angel hierarchy. And I see his sword glinting and he goes, um, they're down to collect, right? Oh. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they said, they're down to collect tomorrow, right? And I'm like, oh my God, what does that mean? Yeah. And there was a tsunami the following day <gasps> in Asia. Oh, and wow. I went back and went, was that a tsunami then? He went, yeah. They also, not only are warrior angels, they collect people in their thousands or hundreds after a natural disaster and they collect all the souls in a huge, massive ball of energy and bring them up. That's another one of their jobs as well as dawning planets as well. They've told me about that, right? So I'm like, well, okay then. So then when I'm in this dream I told you about for Earthwalkers, the book that's just about to go out, right, the fiction one, I went into the Cherubin Chamber. I've been going there for years, years, the Cherubin Chamber, right? And it's you walk in and all the walls are all gilt and gold and you've got all these beautiful golden cherubs Mm. in the walls, right? So I'm like, and when I go in there, it's basically called the pool of divine truth and what it's for let me just take you through it so i (laughs) normally go in there lay in this milk swimming pool right and then these little tadpoles of light and they're called sentience right weave in and out of your soul okay and i'm like this is weird this is weird and so I'm like, what, what are they doing? And then this voice, I don't know, it was angel voice, got no clue, don't care. They gave me the information, I go with it. So they went, um, your, your soul is being judged. This is what happens to people that break their soul contract or are evil. Oh. They, call, they called it another word, but basically evil. Right? I'm like, wow, okay. So they said, let us show you if you were evil. Because normally I go there, chill out. There's all angels in the roof and it's just the sublime meditation I used to take my students to as well, right? It's beautiful meditation. Come out feeling amazing. So I'm like, right, hang on a minute. What are you doing? They said, no, just relax. We'll show you what happens when a bad soul. So we're talking like Hitler, 
You know, we're talking about people that oh, have yeah. created mass genocide, right. the real evil pieces of crap, and serial murderers, you know, all yeah. of them. So all these people talk about God judging you, absolute rubbish. So I'm laying there, and then the cherubim come out of the wall, right? Yeah. And they all line the pool I'm laying in. And I'm like, oh, I don't like this. So my granddad always turns up when I do physical mediumship. He's always there. He's like, calm down, Nikki. Just you need to know this so you can share it with humankind. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I don't like it, though. I just felt this real sense of doom and sickness and nausea. It was horrific. And I was really very scared. And then suddenly, these little beautiful, you know, cherubim, lovely little faces turning to lion and oxen. And eagles, really fierce. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they're looking in at me. I'm like, oh, I don't like this. don't oh, like it. And my yeah. grandma's saying, it's like, hold, you know, if he was down, he'd be holding my hand saying, please, Nikki, just just watch it. Yeah. And then the whole pool starts to bubble like black tar, oh, right? And all of these cherubims have got these fierce animal faces on them. And there's all this black bubbling tar. And then there was like this scream of agony. Mm-hmm. And then... It felt like I was watching something just get ripped to pieces. And then it all melted in the blackness. And then the sentience disappeared into the walls of the swimming pool. And then the pool just went back to pure, flat, milky mill pond. Wow. And then the cherubim's heads changed back to their nice, chubby faces. Oh they God. flew back into the wall. And I went, what just happened what there? Happened? And so... And so then Julianus, who's the monk, who I went to Rome and found him so I could prove he was real, and I was ex- I existed in 1452, that's another story, yeah. he says to me, go now and, and Google what you've just seen. Well, he doesn't say Google. He says, go now and press those buttons. Oh, yeah. the, buttons the buttons of human technology that he yeah. says are hybrids have bought in, which are the um, Arcturians. Never heard of them. Don't know what it is, but they call them. I call them Arkies. I don't know what they are. I still haven't googled it actually. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'll have to Google it at some point, or perhaps a listener can fill it, fill us in. I don't know. So I literally come down and I put cherubim, and then I put, or I put lion in because that's just random. Lion and oxen, right. but they're normally called oxes. These big cow things, and I'm like, I'll just put that in. I couldn't believe it. Really? It is in the Old Testament. And it basically talks about the cherubim are the right hand of God for judgment. And thou shalt judge you in the pool. And their heads shall turn to lion and oxen. Oh, my God. Yeah. And basically, I was absolutely blown away by it because it's in the Old Testament. And, um, yeah, so all of the souls that have created, have gone against soul contracts or have killed and maimed and yeah. done what they've done, yeah. they judge themselves. So what happens is the sentience weaving and out of the soul in the pool, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they deliver the energy of the soul back to the soul itself. Yeah. So that's what basically karma is. That's what perhaps what the Buddhists talk about is that you are faced with all of your behavior of what you've done on the earth plane. This is different from the reviews of normal souls. Right. These are where the evil people go. Yeah. yeah. So for instance, if you're Hitler and you go up to the spirit world, you won't be taken to a healing heart and then taken to the reality layer. You know, you don't pass go, you go straight to the cherubim chamber. And then, you know, if perhaps, you know, I remember a man who killed his children, but he was exposed to mustard gas in the Second World War. So he went into the pool, but he wasn't ripped to pieces and dissipated as a soul because it wasn't his fault. Do you see what I mean? Well, I know, um, you know, it's funny you say that because I have heard people say that people like Hitler, Dahmer, whoever, who are just, just 
mentally not, and, and don't be wrong, I think they're just evil too. I have heard that source, God, whatever, they take their experience because they still want that experience. They take that sentient and then they may, because he's all, because Hitler's just a fractal of his higher self, right? But that particular soul, yeah, they dissipate that soul. They dissipate that soul, but they keep the, on record, there's a record of, of his experience. Just like you see things, Nikki, the way you see them, that's important to source. I see things the way I see them, that's important to source. We're gathering information for source, gathering intelligence. And because of that, they keep all that. But because there is no, probably no help for that soul. But it's funny you say that because my father, who was very abusive to my sister and I and my brothers, but differently, but you, I don't even have to tell you more. Well, he passed away and my mom said, you know, you can talk to him. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to the SOB. And she said, yeah. just talk to him. Because I said, I've already forgiven. She goes, yeah, just talk to him. I think you might feel better. So I was like, all right, because I knew I don't have any contact with him. My brother did. I, that's the only reason I knew he had passed. And I said, well, you know, after a couple of days, I was like, dad, are you there? Finally, I hear, yes, I'm here. And I said, yeah. okay, well, where are you? And he said, I'm in solitary confinement. Yeah. Yes, right. and, and I said, what? And I knew that it was something he put himself in. And I yeah. said, well, what are you doing? Do you feel source? He goes, I feel source all around me. And I said, what can I do to help you? Because at that point, I felt really kind of bad. I don't know why. I just felt bad. And he goes, the fact that you're talking to me will help me ascend out of here. Long story short, I just said, I want you to go to that little girl, me, and I want you to hold her and tell her and be the father you should have been to me. And that, you know, and I want you to do that, like a Reiki kind of thing. You go back. And he goes, and I said, do it for all of us. And he goes, don't I need their permission? I'm like, you never have to have anyone's permission to be the father you should have been. So go back and fix it. And once he did that, I got back a hold of him and I said, where are you now? And he said, I have absorbed back into source. That's where I wanted to go. I, and source took me back. Yeah, it's totally right. I tell you why, because I actually, when I was, you know, well enough to do regular clients, I um, had this, the girl come in and, you know, I said, oh, I've got your nan here. I said, she's really lovely. And then suddenly I'm like, whoa, there's blood everywhere. There's, it's just carnage. And then I see these two twin babies get murdered by a brother, by a nan's brother. I'm like, and I went, I don't think I should be telling you this. She goes, my God, please, please. She goes, I've been to so many medias. All I get is, oh, did she make cakes for you? And all this rubbish. She goes, tell me. I went, I'm going to have to cancel my next reading because I really need to work out what happens here because your great uncle killed your nan's children. Oh. And so she and I, I went. I really want to know what happens to him. So anyway, I g- gave her part of the reading. I said, "Look, I'm going to just talk to your nan, your grandma, and just yeah. find out what happens." Yeah. And so, she, and then she said exactly the same thing. See, this is incredible. So she, she said he went into the pool. I went, "Oh my god, yes, I know about the pool. I know about the pool." And she goes, and he came back out, and he's now alone in his energy, just a bit further away from the soul cluster, which is like the main family soul cluster. I went, "All oh, right." And I wow. said, what's he doing there? She goes, he's just learning. And once he ascends enough, he'll be back with us. Yeah. yeah. So you've just confirmed because oh, he was God. the one, as I said about earlier, he had been exposed to mustard gas and he just yeah. lost it and thought he was back in battle exactly. and killed the babies. Yeah. And, you know, there, the, the, there's a lot of hate. It's a lot about intent. This has everything to do with intent. And he did tell me I was a sick man. He goes, but when I saw that review, because he did go through a review, he said, I couldn't live with myself. Because yeah. you no longer have that ego. And he, he did that to himself. It's like he paid penance. And I'm like, well, good for you that, to, to do that. And then he still kind of couldn't go back to just his higher self. He said, no, I need to be healed in source. And source took him right back in. 
not his higher self. Oh, oh, we all are part of source, but I'm just saying he bypassed his higher self and went straight to source. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what they do. And and that's just backed it up with my story as well, which is incredible. And that's how you work out the main story for things. And that's how they call them portal mediums. We're portal mediums now. And this is what they said nine years ago with this dream that I had or channeling, whatever you want to call it. And portal mediums are the ones that feel the absolute need. I don't, at the end of the day, I don't have to keep pushing myself to do this, but it's like a drug, isn't it? You have to get the word out to humankind and it doesn't matter how many podcasts you do how many videos you do it's never enough no and it's it's all about educating so we are chosen me you and all the others that do the podcast and anything to do with spirituality because we're in crisis and the souls are in crisis and what we're doing is and this is why you know we could go into like different interdimensional species here but that's why we've been bought the technology to do this because you know especially through covid we needed this new technology to be brought in so we could continue spreading the energy the awareness because i don't know about you but my goodness since i started doing all of this online stuff which i obviously i prefer to be touring and doing one-to-one readings but since i've been doing all the online stuff i'm reaching the world yes you are and the world is coming back saying i've woken up I've had all this happen to me. Where do I go next? I say, you can try my prison living course or you can go into a spiritualist church, do whatever you want to do, but get on the path because then you will start having a conscious connection to the source whenever you want. And I've had so many people waking up and I think it's because they need to so we can save the planet. So we're doing all the physical stuff at the moment, but us, me and you and all the other people out there doing podcasts and YouTube and all the others, we're trying to get our frequency raised in as many souls as possible to start spreading that love, that responsibility, that compassion, to start teaching their children, no, don't do this, do this, believe in this, have this faith, care for animals, care for the kingdom, care for that homeless man that you've just walked past, care for what's happening to the planet because there are future leaders. And so this is all, we're all part of the integral plan that I feel kicked off like in the year 2000 with the millennia children to, to basically bring the planet back to balance because if we don't they're going to give us most probably 50 years tops and it's going to go if we don't yeah you know i basically said to me oh wow okay well here here's the deal i do think everything's redeemable and I know that, you know, so, and if we can just stop being so against each other, we forgot we love each other here. We forgot about that. We all love each other here. And I just wish we would stop just competing and fighting. And you got to believe the way I do. And I got to believe the way you don't. And, you know, and just, it's just mass hysteria that doesn't need to happen. We, we create our own drama and we've already created time that doesn't even exist. So why not create drama, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Julian has said to me, it's the lion and the mouse syndrome. He loves analogies, that man. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the lion is our ego and the mouse is our divine connection to the source. And he said, the problem is if we let the lion roar too much, we will lose a sense of humanity. We have to let the mouse be louder. And I thought, what a beautiful way to say it. And that's exactly what we need to do. We need to wake everybody's mouse up in their energy. You know, 
get hold of that pineal gland and say, open it up and get yes. yourself back to source. Because, you know, with this, we're going to save the planet and humanity. Get rid of all the fat cats. Get rid of all these politicians that are yeah. just tyrannical. Yeah. Get rid of all of the hate in the world and start turning it around again. No, we're never going to have utopia down here because that's what we come down to learn however at least we're not going to be killing the planet and each other exactly i totally agree yes and you know what nikki i gotta have you back on because i'm not done with you i'm not done with you so tell everybody where they can find you and then then i'll let you go and then we'll do our thing but tell everybody where they can find you yeah, my darlings, you can find me at nikkiallen.co.uk. That's got all of my information, my products, my services, and what I do. As I say, though, please don't all ask me for a reading. I really can't do one-to-ones. I do do group readings, and okay. they'll come they'll come about in my newsletter that you can subscribe to. Okay. Or pop along to my beautiful tribe. We've got a lovely community on my YouTube channel, Nikki Allen, and all the other connections, you know, all the other Instagrams, all that is all, is all on the uh, website. So if you go there or to to my YouTube channel, every single connection and link you need will be on there. And um, I just got to say, I found myself a little soul sister in you, my darling, and it's been absolute joy, joy talking to you. You must come on my podcast show, Soul Space, as well. I would absolutely love to, and I will add all of this stuff, all of your information on my show notes. You guys, follow Nikki. I'm telling you, she's going to come back because she doesn't have a choice. And I just, I just adore you, and thank you so much for being on my show. <laughs> Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.